You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with Industry Influencer of the Year, Kirk Stafford and guests. Proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and save 40% of their time processing maintenance requests. Box Brownie, the innovators in property photography. Have a look at their new product, Snap, Snap, Snap. This is the brand new phone app designed specifically for real estate agents, which allows you to shoot professional quality photographs straight from your phones. Inspection Express, they're the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties, as well as Agent Dynamics, the market-leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow, and retain your property teams since 2014. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stafford. Welcome to another episode of Influential Conversations. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. Uh, This time, I have the wonderful, talented, and charming Linda Gulbovska from Shell Harbour, which... For those of you who don't know, Shell Harbour is just a little bit outside of, New, uh, of Wollongong, I should say. Linda's been in the industry for 30 years. Happy anniversary, 1993 to today. That's that. That's a heck of a long time. <laughs> uh, Department Manager for Right Choice Real Estate. You've got nine on the staff, 800 plus under management, and a personal portfolio of 280 or so. Now, that's a, that's a heck of a workload. How did you get in to this industry? What brought you to real estate and to property management? Thanks for having me, Kirk. (laughs) What brought me into the industry? I guess it was potentially my upbringing, given the fact that I lived in 21 different houses before I was 17. So I knew what it was like to move from property to property for whatever reason that was at the time. I just grew like a fond liking to houses in general. So I thought initially that I would start out in public housing. Mm -hmm. So I was there for several years, realised that the dynamics of that were somewhat different to residential housing because we were faced with different demographics of, you know, mental health issues, struggles of homelessness, addictions, all of that sort of stuff. So I decided that that really wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. So then I went into new construction, worked for Clarendon Homes for a a few years. I think I was there for five, six years. And then I moved into residential housing. And that's where I've been for years and years and years now. So... <laughs> yeah, well, I've already said to be. So we're not going to give away and say, "Oh, but I'm only I'm, I'm only a spring chicken." So you get to that point, I think, where and I'm I'm at around about the same longevity as you are. And after a while, I think it it just gets into your blood, doesn't it? It really it's one of those industries where it's 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 not the commodity that we're dealing with. It's not the asset. It's the people. What what what? keeps you in the business? Is, is it the same thing or have you got other drivers that keep you um, doing what you do? Well, I, I think it is because I actually really do like people and I love problem solving. So I think to be a, a really like an exceptional property manager, you need to have 
two things. Uh, attention to detail is is number one, and number two is to be able to you know, do your problem solving aspect mm-hmm. of it all, which is what I, I I love, and like I really love people. So I feel that if I can um, help somebody find a house to call their home, then my job is done. And then on the flip side of that, you've so that's for your tenants, obviously. But on the flip side of that, then you've secured, you know, a suitable tenant for the owner who is looking at as a business aspect for them. So business-wise, they've secured suitable tenant. Tenant-wise, they've made a house their home. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy. Yep, that's right. As you said, it's about people and it's about those relationships. The thing is, you've just got to find that balance between the two, don't you? It's just because there's always one side or the other that's slightly, not out of kilter, but a, bit, but a little bit overbalanced in one way or another. Yeah, um, absolutely. What, yeah. What's, what's been your approach to handling some of the, the, the bigger things that have come up for you, some of the, some of the bigger challenges? Well, I think that um, as property managers, we tend to take a lot of things personally. So one thing that I learned a long time ago was not to take things personally. And I know that's easier said than done because some sometimes you're just having one of those days and you're thinking, well, why me? And you start to play the victim role yourself. But really you just need to then take a couple of steps back and, and look at it from the outside in and understand that um, it might be just the paradigm of where that particular person is at that point in time. You don't know what's happening in their life on that day. So something, you know, that normally perhaps would not have upset them or, or got under their skin, then they just need to vent. So I, I think that all, what you need to do in that sort of situation is just sit back, let them vent and say, for example, if it's a hot water system that's broken down. So instead of allowing them to, like, just say to them, I'm really sorry that your hot water system has broken down. I will contact the owner and we will get this fixed for you. So then they, you're not saying, you know, that they've, sometimes tenants feel that owners feel that they're the ones that have contributed to whatever maintenance there is. And, of course, that's not the case. There's things happen. There are maintenance issues with properties every single day of the week. So you just need to be empathetic really Mm-hmm. And understand yeah. their situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. Look, I mean, as much as I say before, it's not about the the, the asset class. You know, properties break down. You know, it's, it's not not entirely yeah. break down, but there there are there are facets of it that require constant maintenance. And it's a matter of I think communicating that to both sides because mm-hmm. you're never going to have a house that's working perfectly uh, or right through the entirety of a tenancy. And that goes on, on both sides. It's like, and I, I liken it to uh, a lot of owners to, you know, having a car. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you're going to have breakdowns. You're going to have tyres that need to be replaced. You're going to have servicing that needs to take place. So it's, 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 it's really not a great deal of difference. If you can break it down, I've found it, it, it's an easier conversation to have with them when you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it is all about educating them too at the right at the very start as well if you say to them make sure that you have like a little kitty a little buffer because things do break down so it's not intentional because believe you me if it happens to be tenant damage as a property manager you'll be the first in to tackle that because you know what is set aside to damage and what is fair wear and tear and generally speaking 
things do wear out. I mean, look at us. Yeah. <laughs> we're like a fine wine, you know. We're just we're getting better with age. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> we are. That we are. That we are. But yeah, yeah so but it is all about educating them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it is. It's about the education. It's about the communication. And, and the thing that I think that, that I find is that so long as you keep the communication going, it's actually a really easy conversation to have with them when things do go off track. Yeah, I agree totally. Yeah, how, how do you do it within, well, not just within your office, but throughout your 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 time in this, this, this industry, how do you manage to, to keep that communication piece going with a lot of your owners and also with your tenants? I Like I just think that you just need to be an open book and you need to be approachable because if you're mm. not approachable, then they don't want to tell you that something has broken down and or, or there's some form of repair. So then when you're doing a routine inspection, something as simple as a door not being able to close properly turns into which you could have just planed the door down because you've had some slight movement can quite easily turn into a $1,000 repair because then we have to start replacing a complete door jam. So mm-hmm. if the, the tenant feels that you're approachable, then of course they'll contact you in the beginning, and and it is then only you know an eighty dollar repair to the owner as opposed to a thousand dollar repair, and yep. then when you relay that to the owner as well, because you know you might get a few sighs from the owner saying, oh here we go, you know it's it's you know just a door that needs planning, but then when you come back with well you know how how great is our tenant for identifying this issue now because it could have escalated quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know we appreciate that, and then that then gets them all both back on back on track and back on side. So mm-hmm. it is about communication. It's about talking to them. You know, yep. like we say that the only time that we mm-hmm. speak to our owners is when there's a problem. And I mean, over the years, I've had owners that you know cringe and they say, "Oh, what do you want from me now?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm just calling to say hello. No, you're not. Hang on, no, 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 you don't call me to say hello. You want money. (laughs) That's exactly right. You're calling because you want me to spend some money. And I'm like, well, if you're offering, you know, um, I'd like a new handbag. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't think that's what they're actually meaning. Yeah, not on you directly. (laughs) You know, it's knives with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I remember years ago getting taught that lesson about keeping really close on the communication piece with your owners. I had a, um, an old Irishman, uh, well, he wasn't that old at the time. He's probably my age now when you think about it too. That's scary, isn't it? But, and he didn't like, he actually didn't like the word landlord because he actually, he did come from Ireland. So the word landlord there had a, had a different meaning. But I picked up the phone to Tim one day and, uh, and he just said in his, Best Irish accent, and I'm not even going to try to mimic it because I'd probably do it really badly. He just said, yes, Kirk, how much am I going to have to spend this time? And yeah. that tweaked me to the point then that, and this is the, the time when, you know, we were just starting to be able to you know, mass-produce newsletters and those sorts of things through using things like Microsoft Publisher. Yeah, I know. And now look at what we're doing. <laughs> but but yeah. um, I started to you know, look at it and think, we need to be doing more with our communications than just, hi, Tim, it's Kirk, the hot water service is gone. It's going to cost you $1,500 or whatever it was because 
that was all the conversations that, that we used to have. It's like with kids, you know, they, they go through that phase from about oh, birth through to their, their 20s when, you know, all the conversations you have with them, can I borrow X number of dollars? And you know for a while there's no borrowing. It's just a matter of opening your, poly, your, your wallet or your purse and going, here, help yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, but if we can have that communication with them and have, the, have, have an ongoing conversation, it's, it's actually a, a better thing to, to be able to, to do and you're fostering a relationship. Yeah. No, like I say, you, you just need to talk to people. Like a lot of people are afraid of that and particularly, you know, that this generation of, of, you know, staff that are coming through even because their preference is to text as opposed to talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always been a strong believer in um, that, you know, text is, you know, just for confirmation and phone is for communication. And, I mean, Julie Collins taught us that way back when. Mm-hmm. So we all know that that is the golden rule. And it's difficult for the young ones because they're not used to that and they feel that their answers are, are better heard just shooting off a text message or, or an email. But as we all know, there's no emotion in that. So that depends on the recipient at the end of the day as to how they're going to take that and then how they'll respond to that. So, um, and I say to my girls, don't procrastinate on anything. If there's bad news, whatever it may be, you rip that Band-Aid off and you make that call right at the beginning because it will only fester. And um, you'll find that if you do that at the beginning of the day, then you, you can... It's, it's easier to manoeuvre through the rest of the day, like knowing that you've done that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, for sure, yeah. for sure, yeah. And it's, it, it's yeah, and you've got to get it across because our generation, every generation's been different in terms of their communication modes. If I look at my mm-hmm. my mother as to you know, compared to my daughter, I mean, there's you know fifty something year age difference between the the, the two generations there, and. Yeah. Now they've got different styles and different modes, and we've got to try to adapt what we do to each of our clients' generations as well. And that can Absolutely. be a challenge when you don't know who's on the other end of the phone. Yeah, but it, it but it can also create its own its own challenges. You know, we we yeah. get to that point where you know, the, the message isn't received as well as it could be if it's a text or an email. And that's where you're right. Picking up the phone is you know, it's, it's, it's vital in this job because you can get so much more done in a telephone yep. call than you can by you know, playing endless email or text ping pong. Absolutely. But, again, that comes back to educating your owners and your tenants right at the very beginning too because, you know what, we're all time poor. Like that's, that's old news now. And, yep. and it's not an excuse because we are. We're all busy in our day-to-day activities. So if you're inducting a, um, an, an owner right at the very beginning, we have a checklist and we ask that very question, How is what is the best form of communication? Like some of our owners can only, like can't answer emails during the day because they can't access personal emails, et cetera, while they're at work. So they their preference is for you to give them a quick phone call because they're, they're allowed to take a call. And other owners uh, on the flip side of that, 
can only um, correspond via email or mm-hmm. um, and can't take any calls. But as long as we have identified from the start what it is that works best for them, then we're already five steps ahead because yep. we know what works. Yep, for yeah. sure, for sure. How you manage your staff with those challenges? I mean, look, it's it's been, and I think he's mentioned it before. We're all time poor now, and I think we become even. I think we become even more time poor in the last two or three years since this whole pandemic thing started. In fact, it's just fractionally over three years now since we we first went into our, our national lockdown, and that created within itself a whole set of challenges in terms of communication, what have you. How have you managed with with your team to coach them through uh, a, a lot of the challenges that they've faced over the last three years or so, both personally and also professionally? We had a fantastic team before COVID. Like we worked so well together, um, the we would basically come to work for each other, not even so much for the job, because we like. The, the connection was phenomenal. And then what I found, COVID, which was hard on everybody, but it was it was really quite toxic to our team. So a team that we had, a, like, phenomenal culture um, became, like, a little bit disjointed and it was a little bit toxic and where we once supported each other, we were... I'm ganging up on each other, but we were we weren't there for each other, and mm-hmm. we were very we were almost completely individuals. Whereas prior to that, we were a team and we would do anything for each other. So we just went through this. I would say it was probably over time, it sort of panned out to maybe nine months of mm-hmm. us going in and just doing the job because that's what we were there for. But we were very much doing it alone. And I think that at the time we were all, well, even I know myself as department manager, I was probably more consumed with my own being because I was coming home to an empty house and they were going home to partners and husbands and children and family so I felt quite isolated and um, I don't know if I was the best team leader at the time in all honesty but I now now know after going through that period of time because right there and then I wanted to leave the industry I um, guess I kind of played a little bit of the victim role myself but I, I didn't feel that I was valued I lost my own self-worth and thought that, and at the time, like the year before, I'd actually been diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. So I was really feeling sorry for myself at the time. And then um, I guess it got to a point where, you know, you, you, you didn't feel like there wasn't, we didn't have a bonding. So we'd lost everything that we had worked so hard to be. And then um, so a couple of things happened. I was going to leave the industry and then I had spoken to a few like good friends of mine who had said, 
stay stay in at Linda, like the industry needs you, yada, yada. I didn't believe that at the time. One of those good, friend, good friends, sorry, was Kelly Seaton who packed me up and took me up to Central Coast for three days to make sure that my mindset was, you know, back in the right place. And then so then after that, then I just I made a decision from that point that if I was going to lead this team, then I needed to round them all up, get them all in, have an understanding of each and every one of them individually that I needed to listen to how they were feeling as well because at the time, like I said, I, I pretty much shut shop on, on everything because we didn't know what, what was happening with this pandemic. We were all um, caught up in what we had to do and, as you know, legislation changed four times in one day because we were bound by health orders and, and this and that and we were dealing with other people's um, sadness and, and, you know, their worlds were falling apart at the time too and then we had lockdowns and it was just... It was, it was really like crazy yeah. times, really sad times. Then I decided that I would have a chat to the directors and, and work out how we could build morale again, how we could get ourselves back on track because we are a really, really good team. So what we did was um, property management partners had International Women's Day down in Melbourne and um, we took the whole team down there and that was mm-hmm. really good because... You yourself were one of the um, one of our keynote speakers on the day with um, health and, and wellness um, mindset. So that kind of got everybody back on track, and then all of a sudden we just had this unity again. So it, it was really good. And then moving forward, we've had that. So we've come back bigger, better, and stronger. And that then shows within you know the um, properties that we manage, our tenants, our owners. Um, we do it and we're united, we do it as one. Mm-hmm. So it's really yeah, good. Yeah. It's really easy. And I think a lot of people suffer the same thing within teams where they fragmented over mm-hmm. that, that first period. The way that you seem to have brought it back together in, in spite of, you know, your, your, your own challenges over that time. But, but a lot of them seem to have come back. But there's still this, I think there's, there's, there's still a lot of people having a lot of challenges out there and, and we, we can't disregard that. In, in any way, uh, yeah. you mentioned your, your your health challenge the year before. Plus, also, I mean, you had that then the the lock pandemics and the lockdowns and the team challenges. I mean, and and thank you for mentioning me. I'm I'm quite humbled by that. You also mentioned Kelly as ways of getting your head right. Where else did you go to find to find your inspiration to find your sort of influences to to really crash through that or to push through that to the extent that you you got your head right? What else were you doing other than than talking to people? Well, um, Dot Hamilton said to me that I needed to have some like new challenges and said to me that I should do a TAFE course and get my cert for in as a trainer and assessor because she felt that I needed that intellectual stimulation and and that challenge. So something that was set aside from the, I guess, property management is kind of a little bit monotonous. So it was the same thing over and over. So she said, um, you need to set yourself this challenge and I think you'd be really good at that. And as we all know that 
you don't dismiss anything that Dot Hamilton says. <laughs> Good luck trying. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So off I went to TAFE and then I, I feel that that actually really helped me as well because then I was able to identify the, the different LLN levels of, of even our staff. So whereas I thought I was really quite in tune with that over the years because they're, they're my hand-picked team since 2014, mm-hmm. that then I actually did take all of that on board and thought, okay, so in order for us to to be better at what we do, we need to be able to identify and then, you know, demonstrate different ways of um, of, of learning. So mm. that, that has been actually really quite fundamental to our team, like our process and whatnot. So, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the importance of taking breaks. So I've noticed that you seem to be... Um, living a pretty good life right now. I've seen, I've seen some of the, the, the social media posts you've been put up with the music festivals you've been to, what have you. That importance, that 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 taking of of time out. How how important has that been to you? Oh, absolutely. That that is like first and foremost because mm-hmm. what I do is, um, and what I would suggest that everybody just finds something that they love. So there's two things. So my love is to watch the sunrise each morning. So I get up. I actually put myself into a routine now, make sure that I get up, I go for a walk, whether it's 40 minutes, 60 minutes, um, watch the sunrise and take my photos, do my thing. And then the other thing that I like to do is, is to listen to live music. So we have a little bit of a pact and whenever there's live bands on, we all get together and we work out how it doesn't matter what state it's in, how are we going to do this? And so we set ourselves a little bit of a challenge because then we can actually switch off. We're listening to live music. It's what we love. It's our friendships that we've built um, because we're all like-minded real estate agents. So, we sure, we we get together and, and we're, we're you know, at a music festival and whatnot, but you can bet your life that over breakfast or over dinner or over a couple of wines, we're talking shop. So, again, because we're all like-minded agents and we have the the same beliefs, we can bounce ideas off each other. So it's it's never a burden because there's always somebody within the industry that we can call upon and we can go to because we don't see ourselves as any form of competition. We're there to help each other and guide mm-hmm. each other and, and I might have some answers or, you know, um, Julie might have some answers or Kel might have some answers, Wendy might have some answers. So it's there's always um, far better understanding when you've got ten minds thinking in their own direction. Of course the outcome has to be great because mm-hmm. you've just got so many different opinions and and you might say, oh, well, I didn't think of it like that, but I've thought of it like this. And like I say, you're bouncing ideas off each other and and then you just go back and you say, okay, confidently now I can go with this because it's tried and trusted. Somebody else has had that experience. You don't know what experiences property managers have because some of the stuff that we go through, you honestly could not make up. <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> we can write a book on, um, you know, on, on property management. That's for sure. Oh, I, yeah, I think someone said that everyone's got a, got a book in them. I think everybody's got a story. Uh, but yeah, in this industry, I mean, we've got so many. I mean, we we deal with so many people 
we'd have yeah. we'd have something that looked like the old Encyclopedia Britannica at some stage. There'd be that many volumes of it yeah. out of a, a yeah. career like yours that's gone for 30 years that you think, God, that, yeah, 1995, oh, that's right, yes, I remember that. And you can basically <laughs> blast out the entire chapter just on one year going, well, I was dealing with Mrs. So-and-so, and guess what? <laughs> but yeah. we're dealing with personalities and we're dealing with, with people at their probably at their their, their most sensitive. Yeah, both, absolutely. You know, both both landlords and tenants in, in, a, in a heightened state when they're when they're talking to us. And we we tend to take that on. So finding and it's been a common theme because I've asked the same question <clears throat> pretty much of everybody in this series about where do you go? Pardon me, to to get that that influence, get that inspiration. Where where do you go? And there's been a really common thread, and that is the importance of having that that sort of tribe around you, those people around you that you can rely on and you can talk to. Um, and also, uh, and one thing that you you've highlighted there that you know that that self care part of it as well. That I think we're all really now a lot more aware of. Mm-hmm. We've, We've, we've had to become more aware of that because we've really been locked up looking at ourselves in the mirror on a screen for the last, well, two out of the last three years. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? If you don't look after you, then, you know, no one else will look after you. You have to mm-hmm. look after you. It has to come from within. And, for you know, for so many years I've, I found myself that I was something to everybody else. So I was a mother, I was a wife, I was you know, a friend, I was a, a colleague. And then when I had my little bit of a meltdown, which is, you know, going on coming up to two years now, I actually had to step back and think, well, if I don't look after me, then there is no me because mm-hmm. I was just dissolving. So, and that's why I actually do take time out for me. And you know what? It's not selfish. It's it's not no. Because it you it's you need to do it for you. So to be a better person and to be able to contribute, um, you need to look after yourself first. So mm-hmm. that's your mm-hmm. fuel. And my that's fuel right. is waking up in the morning, watching the sunrise, taking my pictures, and then then that sets the the mood for my whole day because I feel good. So then I'll go to work and you know, you'll be throwing some curveballs because that's property management. But you know what? I love that too. That's just another mm-hmm. challenge. It's just problem solving. And there's always, there is no problem that we don't have a solution for at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. we just need to be confident enough to to make sure that you don't give any misleading information, to, whether that be to, to a tenant or to an owner. If you don't have the answer, just say to them, I'm really not sure what the answer is to X, Y, Z, but I'll get back to you. And then mm-hmm. don't overpromise. Don't say I'll get back to you by 4 o'clock this afternoon when you know that your calendar's already booked out and it's not going to happen. It's not achievable. So if yep. here we are Wednesday, I will have that answer for you, Mr Smith, by Friday afternoon, close of business. I give you that certainty. So then when you call them on Thursday, how stoked are they? You've exceeded their expectations. That's yep. what it's all about. And You've that's, that's my really self-satisfaction. Nice <laughs> 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 I've been trained for I think I ran that one for you as one of the keynotes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's setting the expectations but, but giving yourself some room 
and then yeah, yeah be able to over deliver on it. Hundred percent, because otherwise you're you, your own worst enemy. That's you've right. made a promise you can't keep and you've already let yourself down. Then yeah. when you let yourself down, then you feel all sad and all gloom and doom and, you know, whereas if you, you've set that expectation mm. for the Friday, delivered on the Thursday, all of a sudden yep. you feel really good too. That's so, right. And that's, that, again is, that, that again is self-care because you're 100%. taking the pressure off yourself. Absolutely. It really is. And, you know, yeah. that's probably a really good note to end this on. We've actually gone a bit over what I was expecting or what I said <laughs> as the limit. But because those last few minutes were so valuable, I think, for anybody who's listening, it's it's certainly been worthwhile. Linda, it has been my absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for, for coming as, in as part of the podcast series. I really do appreciate it. I'm sure that in here, particularly in this, this last six or seven or eight minutes, there is some really good, potent, powerful tips for people to come out with. And, it, well, it, the entire conversation has been. So, again, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you very, very soon, in person, Likewise. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right. for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. These are brought to you proudly by Tappy, Box Brownie, Inspection Express and Agent Dynamics. Please be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.